0: Hello, my name is Lindsay Sarah Krasnov, and I'm here with you for another episode of the Global Sport Conversation podcast series on behalf of CISD and SOAS. I'm joined today by Pops Mensabansu, general manager of the capital city Gogo and former team Great Britain and professional basketball player whose career in the NBA, Europe, Israel and beyond has made him the very definition of an athlete ambassador. Pops, I'm delighted you could join us today to talk about your work in the global sports space. You've had such a fascinating career and been directly at the front lines of the intersection of basketball and diplomacy. But before we dig more deeply into that nexus, I wanted to ask what first brought you to basketball? What originally attracted you to the game and in what ways were you inspired to make a career in the sport?
1: That's a great question, Lindsay. For me, it was me always wanting to be like my older brother. We had common tastes, you know, we were both athletes growing up and when he left London to go play basketball, that's when my love for the sport kind of developed. I started about 13, 14, and just seeing him excel at the sport, just pushed me to want to do so also and I mean it's taken me all over the world it's taken me to the Olympics I've lived pretty much in every country in Europe played in the NBA and you know for me basketball has changed my life and it's it's gotten me into a situation now that I'm able to be an executive on this side of the game and had you asked me this 15 years ago I would have laughed and to see the position I'm in now and the ability and the opportunities that I have in front of me is just a testament to you know how far this game has taken me
0: right and you've been on. all over with basketball and You've lived in a wide variety of different cultures and different languages. One of the things we talk about is sport and here, basketball's ability to help build bridges between cultures, the informal people-to-people exchanges that naturally occur in and around the court. This is a form of people-to-people diplomacy. How have you encountered or engaged in different forms of this basketball diplomacy? And how did basketball help to facilitate your ability to integrate into a community or your understanding of the local population culture or country
1: well first i feel like you would have to be receptive to that culture and open to you know learning more about it like i said i've played in pretty much every country in europe and every time I went to those respective countries, I was always open to you know, learning more about my teammates from that particular country, learning more about their culture and just the willingness to embrace everything about that culture and that country. And I think it allowed for me to integrate better to the team because I was so open to it and so receptive to my teammates that they opened up to me and then it allowed us to build chemistry not only on the court, but off the court too. And you know that synergy there and just seeing how we was able to bridge that gap between the two cultures as well as see the similarities of it also allowed us to become closer as, as teammate and people. So I think for me, it was easy to make that adjustment, especially because I knew how much further it would go if I was mm-hmm. able to connect with them in, in more ways than one.
0: The ways that you were able to use basketball to connect with others, with teammates or the local culture in the country where you were, has that looked the same in the different countries where you've played or... For example, was it a little bit different, the experience, say, in the United States versus when you were playing in Israel or Russia? Definitely.
1: It was definitely different for me. If I'm going to play in Toronto or going to play in New Orleans, that culture shift is not as drastic as it would be if I were to live in Moscow. You know, it was like I said, although I was. Um, receptive and was embracing to those other coaches. It was still a culture shock for the most part, like having to experience a lot of the things that I did. It could be whether it was races, whether it was just a total contrast and outlook on life an outlook on just how you look at basketball and, and, you know, people of different cultures was jarring at times, although I got used to it after a while. So there is a big difference because, you know, me going from one state to another It's not that big of a difference. Whereas if I'm going from Washington, D.C. to Athens, Greece, is There's going to be a difference there, but it's just all about how you would adjust to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, luckily I was able to do so. So mm-hmm. it, it didn't affect me as much. I think it affected my American teammates more than anything else because, uh, you know, sometimes th- this was their first time overseas or their first experience in that particular country. And they maybe and they may not have been as open to receiving a culture or trying to learn more about it. So I think uh, I tried to do a good job of bringing them along and making sure they were Receptive to the culture,
0: too. And in what ways has your international experience highlighted different attitudes towards racism, or how have you encountered racism differently from country to country? And I guess a related question to that is Has basketball helped to, in your personal experience, to mitigate some of the perhaps misperceptions that are out there about race?
1: Oh, that's a tough question because I experienced it at so many different ways and at different levels. You know, I think in some countries in Europe, if you play for that particular team, obviously you're almost a god to those fans mm-hmm. and to that organization. But you go to a rival against a rival team and you're going to be caught every name in the book. And I can remember to one experience when I was playing with my national team and we were playing against the Czech Republic. And I remember I was shooting free throws at the end of the game. And I looked up into the crowd and I saw everybody from men, women, children doing monkey gestures. And it was very shocking because it wasn't just 10, 15 people. It was a whole arena doing it. And to have that kind of ignorance or hate. That was my first time experiencing it at that level. And you know, I've heard people say things in a crowd and you other things, but an individual doesn't really get to me or even catch my attention. But seeing a whole arena of people with that sentiment was difficult to take in. But again, for me it was just part of the game, I guess, and I didn't allow it to bother me. It was just something that stood out to me. You know, like I said, I've seen it in a number of different ways. Like if I was in Russia, I've seen it more openly in the streets where somebody may have said something, even though I don't speak Russian, but found out that it was a racial slur or something along those lines. But um, like I said, I've seen it a number of different ways and I have not allowed it to bother me. I just allowed it to become another experience that just made me better as a person.
0: Right. I wanted to circle back a little bit and ask you about your experience playing for Team Great Britain at the Olympics. And it's a very different form of athlete representation than playing with a professional team team or with the college team. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit about that experience as being an ambassador for the country at the Olympics on the home stage. What's involved with that? And how is it a different form of basketball diplomacy than being, say, an international player in the NBA or in some of the leagues in Europe?
1: Good question. I think when you're with A club team, you're representing, you know, I guess where you're from. Obviously, you're doing the same with your national team, but it's at a larger scale when you're representing your country. You know, when you're going into particular countries, let's say Greece, we're playing against a Greek national team. And there's the way basketball diplomacy had benefited me was playing with and against some of these guys on the club level, and then facing them when you're representing your country, I think it allowed for that relationship and that diplomacy to reach a little further. Because if there were teammates who I had personal relationships with or relationships on a club level, and now we're seeing them on the international stage, it allowed for you know better interaction and better understanding of coaches, I feel, because we saw each other in different aspects and different perspectives. And you know I just always loved playing with my national team because not only did I get to compete with guys who you know, I didn't see that much, but I also got to compete against different um, teams, like playing against a USA team before the Olympics, like playing against some of the best players on the planet and them seeing me in a, a national team setting was totally different than how they would see me on an NBA team. On an NBA team for me, I would probably be anywhere from the 8th to the 10th man. And on my national team, I was one of the featured guys. So it allowed for players and other aspects to see me in a different light. I think it built a little bit more respect, especially when you've got a whole country that you're representing. And, you know, I always enjoyed that portion of it, especially at the Olympics, too.
0: I'm really curious. What was it like to walk in the, the athletes' opening parade at the London Games, representing Britain and British basketball?
1: It was the one that proudest moments of my life. I remember just the uh, the goosebumps and the jitters I had walking in to the opening ceremony and seeing, I remember seeing a, a camera, I think it was the BBC camera. I was looking for the NBC one and I remember grabbing the camera and screaming into it and, and yelling, Ma, I'm an Olympian, just because, <laughs> you know, I was, that's the emotions that I was feeling because, you know, growing up, I ran track and played soccer and track was my first love and a sport that, you know, I really felt like I would one day represent my country and and to make a pivot the way I did and be able to to become an Olympian as a basketball player, you know, was emotional for me. And, you know, definitely was excited to represent my country, my family, you know, my friends on that level. And I always have that next to my name, me being an Olympian. And it's definitely one of the proudest moments for me.
0: And, you know, that taps very much into the issue of identity. We all have multiple identities. And you know certainly, you know, you've spoken about your identity representing Great Britain, but your family has a really interesting background. Your, I believe it's your parents uh, are originally from Ghana. And, you know, there's certainly this connection to Ghana or perhaps a, a Pan-Africa, especially as the spotlight in the basketball world starts to shine ever more brightly on the African continent. And so here I'm thinking of the upcoming NBA FIBA Basketball Africa League, which I know you've been involved with. Could you talk a little bit about this issue of Pan-African identity and basketball and what that means?
1: It means a lot. I wasn't necessarily born in Ghana, but, you know, I wear it on my sleeves. I wear it in my blood. It's it's who I am. Although I represent Great Britain, you know, I always try to push my West African roots and, you know, just show that I'm proud of it. And, you know, with the Basketball Africa League on the horizon, it's a big deal because a few years ago, hearing that if you knew that there would be a league that's based in Africa, you know, we would have never saw anything like this coming. And to see it being so close and me having somewhat of involvement in the development of the league, it just goes a long way for me because I never would have imagined this. And guys who play in Africa, who have talent in Africa, usually have to leave their respective countries to go to Europe or go to the U.S. to go to high school. And now there's something that is domestic that they can call their own and they can develop in and they can... Become a professional athlete in their own country instead of having to leave, and you know, you get to see it firsthand. And you know, to be a part of that is huge. Like I have aspirations to one day own a team in Ghana because I just think it's only right, and it would just be one of my dreams come true. To you know, one day be an owner, to be running a team in my home country would be amazing to me. And I think with this Basketball Africa League, it's come to fruition, and it's now something that I can accomplish down somewhere down the line.
0: If I were to have asked you five or ten years ago what role basketball would have in helping to globalize the game? What would you have said?
1: Well, I would have said 10 years ago is it's ever-growing. I'm not sure what it would look like. And, and you know what? Year by year, I think it's grown to a level that nobody could imagine. With about 108, 110 players being born outside the U.S. that are currently in the NBA, I don't think anybody could have depicted that. And with Pascal Siakam Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, Luka Doncic, all these players that are essentially immigrants or players who are considered international players are now Rookie of the Year, Most Improved Player, and MVP. Like nobody would have guessed that ten years ago that you know they would have dominated the NBA awards and are just on the rise. These guys are the future of the league. So I think now you see teams and organizations go in the international route because you don't want to miss out on the next Joel Embiid or even Ben Simmons. Like all these guys are international guys, and the game is expanding and the rest of the world is catching up so definitely time for everybody to take heed and start looking i think that's why you can look at leagues like the basketball africa league and see how they become apparent because there's talent all over the world now it's time to tap into it
0: right very much and there's a lot to be said about having not just a role model but having the players that you can dream to aspire to be especially when they're homegrown. And I think that's one of the exciting things about this. Lastly, from your perspective, whether as a player or as a GM and official, how can we better integrate players into the larger conversation to make sure that they have a seat at the table, to make sure that we're capturing their perspectives and experiences?
1: Uh, That's a great question. I think it, it goes to my being and my presence. I decided to retire early from the game to get on this side because I feel like it's time for not only athletes, but black athletes to have a seat at the table, to be in the decision-making process, to be in positions of leadership. And that's how we integrate the athletes or bring the athletes along to the seat at the table. I think when players see a mirror image of themselves in these positions, they are inspired to want to do this. When I'm sure when, when players saw, you know, former players coaching and lit a fire in them to see that it's possible to be successful coaches if you had once been a player. And now I see the same thing as in the front office. If I see guys like Elton Brand, you know, Larry Bird, you got, you know, a number James Jones. There's a number of guys who are in the league who are former players that transition well into positions of leadership. And it's just the beginning. And it gives us the, like I said, the opportunity to get a seat at the table. So I feel like that's the way to bring athletes along in that regard.
0: Pots, thank you so much for your time and sharing your perspectives with us. I always learn so much from your experiences. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it. We'll see you next time for another episode of Global Sports Conversations.